Shall we pray? Father God, we want to thank and praise you, Lord Father, for this time. And Father God, we want to submit ourselves into your hands, Lord Father, that even as you speak, we will listen, Lord Father. What you have for us this day, Lord Father, I pray, Lord, that we will internalize it. We will receive it in all humility, Lord Father. And we will activate it in our lives, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. We surrender ourselves into your hands. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know it's, it's not a very good idea to, to start the new year with a question. But the teacher in me makes it compulsory that I have to start with a question. And so the question simply is this. Does anyone remember the promise for the year 2014? We have just gone 60 hours into the new year. What's the promise? All right. The choir is at the top of the game. The promise is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Please mark it. Please memorize it. Because at regular intervals, you can tell God, this is what you have promised. This is what I expect. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. So that you may always have enough of everything. And may provide in abundance for every good work. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that you may always have enough of everything, and may provide in abundance for every good work. Now, if you look at this statement a little deeper, you realize that it has three components. Number one, God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. Okay, have no doubt about that. God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance. Number two, you may always have enough of everything. So you will not be in want. And number three, you may have an abundance for every good work. So you will be a giver and not just a receiver. Before we go any further, let me tell you a little story. There was an old man, not very rich, but known to be very kind and very generous. And he had just won a million dollars in a lottery. Now his children wanted to break this news to him slowly, fearing that the sudden news might kill him. The sudden news of good fortune, the sudden news of a blessing in his life might kill him. So they approached the family doctor. And told him the problem and requested him to help. The doctor decided to start off in an indirect way. Now by now, most of you will know that doctors never speak directly. Okay. We tend to speak in an indirect way. Okay. And this doctor also was no different. He decided to speak in 
an indirect way. So making a casual visit, he asked the old man, what will you do if you win a million dollars in the lottery? Prompt came the reply, I'll give you half, said the doctor. The doctor fell down dead. The doctor was not prepared for that answer. The doctor was prepared to let the old man know that a blessing awaited him. But he himself was totally unprepared to receive a blessing. Are we like this with God? Right at the beginning of this year, God has promised us and is prepared to give us abundant life. A life with every blessing in abundance. But are we prepared to receive it? Are we prepared to live a life where God has provided for our every need and we are not in want? Are we prepared to use our blessings to bless others? Are we prepared to tell those around us that this year is a year of blessing? Because God has said so. But in our heart of hearts, do we really believe that an abundance of blessing awaits each and every one of us. By the end of this year, we will know where we stand. Because God is not a liar. But God has to find a prepared people before he can pour out his blessings. If you and I are prepared to receive the blessings of the Lord... He's ready to pour it out. But if you and I are not prepared to receive the blessing of the Lord, He's got to hold it back. The weight of His blessings may drown us. The weight of His blessings may kill us. And God doesn't want us dead. God wants us living. Now as we read the Gospels, a statement that periodically comes in is this. O E of little faith. It comes at regular intervals. And another statement that pops up often is this. And Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. The promise for this year is abundant life. Are we prepared to believe that statement? Will you turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 55? And that's the passage which we are going to read and meditate upon this morning. Isaiah chapter 55. And I am reading it from the New King James Version. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who do not, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And what, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. 
Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and as the snow from heaven, and, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be, be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Now, if you look at that chapter that we just read, Isaiah 55, and if your Bible carries headings for chapters, you will see different headings depending on the version of Bible you use. In the King James Version, most Bibles have the heading which says, The Great Invitation. In the NIV, it is written as Invitation to the Thirsty. In the New Living Translation, it is written as Invitation to the Lord's Salvation. In the New American Standard Bible, it is written as The Free Offer of Mercy. And in the New King James Version, it is written as An Invitation to Abundant Life. And therefore, the title of today's message is this, An Invitation to Abundant Life. An invitation to abundant life. For the next 30 minutes or so, let us try to understand what God is telling us and how he is preparing us for a year of abundant blessing, a year of abundant living, and a year of abundant giving. Number one, taken from verses one and two, an invitation to be richly fed. Oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in abundance. The invitation starts with the word hope. This word may be missing in some of the newer translations, but it is a significant word. It is a shout that grabs your attention. It is God calling out loudly and clearly and distinctly and drawing your attention. Ho, oh, can you listen to me? I have something important to tell you. That is what God is saying. God is making the call. God is giving out that invitation. And the invitation starts with this, 
hope. And then he goes on to say, everyone who comes, for everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. It is an invitation, but an invitation to those who thirst. If you think you already have it, if you think everything is fine with you, don't come. The invitation is for those who thirst. Because if you are thirsty and parched, there is an emptiness inside you. You feel that there is nothing worth, worthwhile in you. You are empty on the inside and maybe even on the outside. It's for you. Come to the waters. That's what the Lord says. If you are dry on the inside, God is inviting you to come. Because he is going to provide. In those verses we see, he says, come, take the water, take the wine, take the milk, come without money. Come. That's his invitation. He is going to provide. You and I may have nothing. He has everything. And he is prepared to feed you with abundant blessings. Because that's the kind of God we have. He is a God who says, I'm going to give you blessings. Not just blessings. I'm going to give you abundant blessings. Our God is not a measly God. He doesn't give you a little bit. When he pours out, it's the whole part of it. It's the whole bit of it. Okay, it's not just a small, small portion of it. Now the question is, are we ready to receive it? Now if you see verses 1 and 2, you'll see that there's a slightly paradoxical uh, situation over there. Verse 1 talks about having no money. Those having no money. And verse 2 talks about those having money to spend. Now, why are those two words, uh, two different uh, ideas being put into the same place? It simply is addressing two groups of people. Now, I don't know into which group you belong. You may belong into the first group, or you may belong to the second group. But God is addressing everyone. He has no partiality there, right? And so let's see what are these two groups uh, that uh, God is talking about. So this is simply an invitation to two groups of people. And it is for each of us to decide as to which group we actually belong to. Group one people are thirsty and broke. You have had dreams and desires for a long time. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. You feel empty. You feel unfulfilled. Everything seems to be out of reach. Your dreams are dying. But God is telling you something different today. He is telling you that he is giving out an invitation. You don't need to buy it. You only need to desire it. God doesn't want your money. God wants your desire. Are you prepared to go to him and say, Yes, Lord, I have nothing. But I want what you have. God says, Yes, I'll give it to you. The last thing that I want from you is your money. God is offering you life in abundance. He wants you to have every blessing. He wants nothing in return. Just ask for it. That is what God has promised for us in 2014. Now group two are self-sufficient people. You think you have it made. And often you find fleeting pleasures and comforts in your possessions. But you are still a frustrated group of people. You are still searching for something to fill that deep emptiness in your heart. You try to replace it with new things. 
a new car, a new computer, new clothing, new something. But you are still not able to fill that emptiness. That rainbow that you are reaching out for still seems to be out of reach. And that is why God is asking you, why do you spend money for bread which is no bread and labor for dreams that do not satisfy? But God is still extending his invitation to every group of people. He simply says, come and I shall satisfy your hunger. It doesn't matter what your hunger is. It doesn't matter what your thirst is. It doesn't matter what you have been longing for. God is simply saying, come. And I shall satisfy your every need. I shall pour out my blessings upon you. You see, and God has in fact laid out his menu for us already. He's told us, come and receive water. Come and receive wine. Come and receive milk. Now what do these three things signify? Water corresponds to the blessing of refreshment or refreshing. Are we so down in the dumps? Are we so frustrated that life has lost its meaning? New year comes and goes, but it means nothing expense, except for more expenses. There's no joy in your hearts. There's a depression. There's a sadness. God says, I've got the water. It's the water of refreshing. Just come and ask for that water and you will be refreshed. All that sadness, all that emptiness, all that depression, forget about it. It's gone. It's 2013. 2014 is a year of refreshing. Ask for it. Wine corresponds to the blessing of exhilaration and excitement in your life. Has your life become boring? As a child of God, your life should not be boring. You should have excitement every day. Just talking to God is an exciting event. You have that privilege and I have that privilege which many people don't have. They have to go to X, Y and Z and say, can you please ask God for this? And therefore it sometimes amazes me when people come up to any one of us and say, I have a problem. Please pray. It's fine. But you have a direct entry into the presence of God. That's your excitement. I can walk into the presence of God and say, God, remember that? You said you will give me abundance of blessing. Can I remind you? This is what I want. Thanks. Bye. You see, that's the privilege you and I carry. Many people don't have that privilege. Now, you and I can carry that privilege because we claim to know God personally. If you say you are a born-again believer, that means you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't need an intermediary. You don't need somebody. And that is the wine. That is the excitement. That is the exhilaration of living life. Not having money in the bank is a very temporary phenomenon. Not having food on the table is actually good for our body. Okay. Not having clothing to wear simply means that you're getting something new. Don't worry about that. Okay. 
God is saying, come and take the wine. I'm offering you excitement. I'm offering you a chance to live an, a life of exhilaration. Okay, you can have it and you can live fully. You can live life fully. That's what I'm offering you. And then God says, take the milk. Because milk corresponds to the blessing of nourishment and strength, both, both for our physical body and for our soul. God says, take the milk. You get nourishment. So you see, God has already laid out the menu for us of what he's going to give us if we only ask for it. Number two, an invitation to lead. So number one was an invitation to be richly fed. Number two is an invitation to lead. Verses three, four, and five. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know. And nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. God's desire is for you and for me to be leaders in this earth. Not the worldly kind of leader, but the David kind of leader. The worldly kind of leader is more concerned about outward success and fame among men around him. But David was actually a failure as a leader in the worldly sense. You really look at David and you think that he's a leader in the worldly sense? Oh no, he, he isn't. He's a failure. He came to the throne through much difficulty and intrigue. But that's okay. His reign had scandals mixed with incest, rape and murder. He was almost overthrown by his own son. So what makes David's leadership special? That was a scandal-filled leadership. That was a leadership of jumping from one miry muck into another miry muck. That was David's leadership. But yet, in God's eyes, David's leadership was special. Because he says, he was a man after God's own heart. He had a shepherd's heart. And he glorified God all his life. That was what God was looking for. You see, here was a man that God said, is a man after my own heart. I am concerned for my people. And David had that shepherd's heart. He was concerned for the people. He might not have been a good manager of men. He didn't have an MBA in uh, human resource development. But he knew he could care for the people. Even when he was on the run, people were coming to him. Because they could see something in, in David that they felt that they were safe with him. He had failings as a man. That didn't worry the people. They said, there is something in David. I feel comfortable when I am in his presence. I feel that I am protected when I am in his presence. That was David. And that is the kind of leadership God is talking about. And today, that is the kind of man God is inviting to be a leader. Obedient to God 
and concerned for his fellow men. So are we those kinds of people? Are we prepared to be obedient to God and do everything that he asks us to do and yet be concerned to those around us? Not bossing over everyone, but just being concerned. Just being there for them when they want us to be there. And when God finds you and me to be that kind of a leader, he is going to raise you to command people around you. And then other people are going to flock to you. Nations are going to flock to you. Simply because they see that you are a leader chosen by a one true living God. Through you, they are going to see God. They are not going to see you because you have great abilities in bringing in money into your company. No. They are going to see you because you have a leader's heart. You have a shepherd's heart. You are concerned for them. And that's God. God is concerned about all of us. God is not concerned about the balance we have in our uh, banks. God is not concerned with the number of letters we have behind our names. Those mean nothing. God is not concerned with the number of electronic items you and I may possess. It's very simple for him to dispossess us of them. But God is concerned about the being. How concerned are we about people? Have you been carrying that desire to be a leader of men, to be recognized as a man or woman to whom others could flock to and look up to. You could still be one, but choose to be the David kind of leader. And the first step is to incline your ear to, ear to the Lord. Leaders today expect information to come to them. They will sit in their plush offices and the information needs to come to them. But God says, incline your ear. You move your ear to the Lord. You take your ear to the Lord and say, Lord, speak. That's the David kind of leadership. Listen carefully and diligently to the words of the Lord. So that's an invitation to lead. Number three, an invitation to taste forgiveness. Verses six and seven. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. For our God, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. These verses actually indicate a sense of urgency on God's people. Don't take it for granted that God can be summoned at your beck and call. One day, it will be too late. God desires that we utilize every opportunity that we have to get closer to Him. He desires to be close to us. From the days of Adam, we see this. Always it has been man who has moved away from God. God has never moved away from man. And as we move away from God, unrighteous thoughts and wicked ways become our way of life. The battleground for a righteous walk with the Lord is often found in our minds, in our thoughts. Paul knew this when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, where he says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because he knows the battles are fought in the mind, in our thoughts. Again in Romans 12, chapter 2, this is what he says. 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you have to succeed in life, the battle has to be won in your mind, in your thoughts. God invites us to forsake this life of misery and instead repent, return and experience a life of abundance. God is a merciful God, but please let us not test his patience. The more you know God, the greater will be his grace on your life. And the more the grace of God in your life, the greater abundance of God's blessings will you and I experience. Number five, sorry, number four, is an invitation to see who God is. An invitation to see who God is. Verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God doesn't think the way we do, nor does he act the way we act. To experience a life of abundant blessing, abundant living, and abundant giving, we need to understand who God is. He is God. Let's get that first. God is God. He is our creator. He is our preserver. He is our protector. He is our friend. He is our provider. He is way beyond anything you and I could ever hope to be. His thoughts are big. Remember the, the promise that was given to the family who's just left, who's, who's, who are leaving. God's thoughts are way beyond ours. God's thoughts are big. They are not petty and they are not small. And that is why Paul exhorts us in Romans 8, Romans 8 verse 29 where he says, be conformed to the image of his son. We need to think big thoughts like God. We need to forget these little thoughts that we have. We need to see who God is. Don't use our little, little thoughts and our little, little petty points to try to box God into that kind of a character. God is too big to be boxed. God is too big to be put on a pedestal because we think that that's the way God should be. Our thoughts are small. Our thoughts are petty. Our thoughts are not high. God's thoughts are different. A question that some of us might have at this point as you read that particular set of verses is simply this. Why is God highlighting the difference between him and us? Why does he say that his thoughts are not our thoughts? His way of doing things are not our way of doing things. Why does he want to highlight that difference? What's his objective? The difference between God and man is revealed to us. Not to discourage us from seeking him, but to keep us humble as we seek him. Okay, we need to learn humility. We need to know God is God. We need to say, wow, that's God. God is awesome. The pizza that you're having this afternoon is not awesome. Okay, wow to God. 
That's the difference. And we need to make ourselves humble. We need to make ourselves less than what we think we are. Remember, the fall of the angel Lucifer stemmed from his desire to be God. Pride goes before the fall. Recognize God for who he is. Acknowledge his holiness, his perfection, his authority. And be grateful to know that you are a child of such a God. And what he has, he is inviting you to share in. Just reach out. Your abundant life, your blessings of abundance is right there. Because as a child of God, he says they are yours. But we need to recognize God for who he is. Number five, an invitation to see how God works. Verses 10 and 11. An invitation to see how God works. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. When rain and snow come down, they always accomplish specific purposes. They water the earth, they allow the plants to grow and to bear fruit, and they facilitate the provision of seed to the farmer. God's word follows the same principle. Every word from the mouth of God has a purpose. And when it is directed at you, it has a purpose to accomplish. It's not simply sent in white. It's not sent without a reason or without a purpose. And these verses also tell us that His word shall prosper in the thing for which He sent it. Which simply means this. When your life and my life is wrapped up in God's word, he shall make you and me prosper. God's word is meant to bring prosperity to us. But you and I need to grasp that word, internalize it, put it inside, put it on top of us and say, right God, prosper. His word has to prosper. And if you are attached to that word, you prosper. As Christians, as believers, born-again believers, professing the name of Christ, you and I have absolutely no reason to say that this is not a year of prosperity. We have absolutely no reason to think that I am a finished person. All you need to do, grasp hold of the word of God. As the word prospers in you, you will prosper. Every desire of your heart shall prosper. And that's the word of the Lord. We have already decreed that 2014 is a year of prosperity. But that will only happen if we let the word of God take root in our lives. Grow in us and produce the fruit that God intended. Let us not assume... Not even for a moment that our lives will be abundantly blessed if we simply sit back and do what we want to do. That's not going to happen. Let's 
Let God's word work in you and in me. For that is the way God works. So the invitation is to see how God works. And God works through his word. Because when his word comes, his word is meant to accomplish something. And it shall not return void. But you've got to grasp the word. Finally, an invitation to abundant life. Verses 12 and 13. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountain and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that it, will, it shall not be cut off. For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. When God's people turn to him, listen to him, and his word does his work in them, joy and peace are always the result. The joy is so great that even the mountains and the hills and the trees will join in. Your joy is infectious. So you can come in here you can carry that joy of the Lord and you can pass it to every person around you and every person around you is going to walk out with the joy of the Lord. That's the kind of person you need to be. In your office, in the supermarket, carry the joy of the Lord. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree where before there was barrenness and reminders of the curse, which is the thorn. Now there shall be beauty and usefulness. In his glorious work of restoration, God takes away the barren and the cursed, and brings forth fruit and blessings. And that is what God is telling us today. When he is inviting us to a life of abundant living, he says, that barrenness is 2013. That situation of being cursed is 2013. 2014 is fruitfulness. 2014 is blessings. Just reach out. That's what God is telling us. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. When the Lord invites you and you respond to his invitation, all the work in your life is done in his name and for his name. It's not for you. It's in his name and for his name, for his glory. When the Lord, what the Lord restores, that work is secure. Nobody can touch it. It is established. It is an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off at any point of time. Brothers and sisters, the promise for 2014 is about abundant life. Abundance in blessing, abundance in living, abundance in giving. Today we are not an ignorant people. God himself has called out to us and given us an invitation. An invitation to be richly fed. An invitation to lead. An invitation to taste forgiveness. An invitation to see who God is. An invitation to see how God works. And an invitation to experience abundant life. What God said he will do, he will do. What God wants us to do, let us do. Shall we bow down in prayer?
And ask God to give us a heart that He wants us to have. That even as He puts out that invitation, we will not spurn that invitation. We will not say that I am too busy. I have other things to do. I've just bought land. I've just bought a farm. I've just started a business. I've just got married. No. When God puts out His invitation, grasp it with open hands. Just thank the Lord for that invitation which He is putting out to you. Be richly fed. Choose to be a leader that God wants you to be. See God for who He is. See how God works. And brothers, sisters, experience that abundant life that God is promising you. In Jesus' name we pray. Gracious Father, once again, our hearts are filled with the joy. For remaining is about your blessings, the promises, Lord, for the abundant living, as well as the abundant giving. Once again, we commit ourselves before you. Lord, we know and we believe your promises are yes and amen to us. Lord, help us. Lord, to grasp this word. Hold on to your promise and obey whatever you commanded us to do so that, our Lord, we will not only be blessed, we will become a blessing and sharing with others, O oh Father. Through us, let many be blessed, O oh Father, in the way of our giving and the way of we are making known them who Christ Jesus is to us because you are the one who gave us the great gift of salvation. Let that gift be given to others, O oh Father, in this year, so that we will be blessed abundantly and we will come forth and testify your goodness here. In Jesus' name we pray. Now is the time for us to come to the Lord's table. Let's prepare our hearts. And I will read you. Scripture from First Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 23. For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this copy is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the, this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so that, let him eat of the bread and the drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, nor discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many are asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be 
contemned with the world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming in union to take part in this table which you kept before us. Father, we thank you for the word. Lord, thank you for the new covenant. And also it is a remembrance. Lord, to proclaim your goodness and also expectation for the coming of your son Jesus Christ. Once again, we take this opportunity to bless Lord, the bread and wine which you kept before us. Yes, Lord, you bless it and give to us as you are coming and taking part. Lord, let this be a day of remembrance of when you have touched us. Beware sinners to this world. It is you who saved us by your grace and your son who shed the blood on the cross. Lord, it is you who saved us. Today, we remember everything, the birth, death, burial, resurrection, more than everything, the coming of Him, O Father. Father, prepare us to wait upon you so that we will be rewarded as He comes. Once again, we pray for your children. Lord my God, if we have any unforgiven sin in us, at this moment, we come before you. Please forgive us a lot. Cleanse us with the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, give us your grace in abundance. So that we all, Lord, with our whole conscience, come and take part in this table and receive your blessings and being your blessings to one another. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Once again, it's a reminder for all of you, as you read the scripture, this table is kept for the children of God, those who have accepted Christ as the personal Lord and Savior, and obeyed Him into waters of baptism. So, those who are born-again Christian, please come and take part in this table. Those who are not, please, uh, for your clarification, the leadership is always available. You can come and clarify the word, the truth. Now is the time for us to come to the Lord. As we drink this cup, we worship you. As we eat this bread, we honor you. And we offer you. Our lives as you have offered yours for us. We remember all you've done for us. We remember your covenant with us. We remember and worship you, O Lord. As we drink this cup, we worship you. As we eat this bread, we honor you. 
And we offer you our lives as you have offered yours for us. We remember. We remember all you've done for us. We remember your covenant with us. Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord. We remember. We remember all you've done for us. We remember covenant with us. Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord. As we drink this cup. As we drink this cup, we worship you. As we eat this bread, we honor you. And we offer you our lives as you have offered yours for us. We remember, Lord. We remember all you've done for us. We remember your covenant with us. Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord. We remember, we remember all you've done for us. We remember your sacrifice for us. Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord. We remember, we remember all you've done for us. We remember your covenant with us. Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord. We remember, we remember all you've done for us. We Your sacrifice for us, Lord, we remember and worship you, oh Lord.
We've heard the gospel today, a clear invitation from God. Isaiah was saying, come, buy and eat, nourishment for yourself, an invitation to be richly fed. And this is the same that we read in the book of Revelation which says, come. And I saw that there were those who did not partake of the Lord's table. The invitation is still open. Unto all who have not received the Lord. And you are wondering why people come forth and partake of what is happening over here. The invitation is still open. Someone else has already paid for it. An invitation to taste forgiveness. When Noah was building the ark for more than 100 years, people would have wondered. You might be sitting there and wondering week after week, why are these people walking forward? There's an invitation to see God's work. And there's an invitation for abundant life. I want to give you an opportunity. You shouldn't leave this hall without an opportunity to have Christ with you through 2014. Through this year, the Lord who prepared this table is preparing a table for you as well. Therefore, I want to invite you If you do not know the Lord Jesus, you've heard the gospel. Want you to quickly put up your hand. You've heard the gospel. You want this abundant life. And I will pray with you. And next time we are around this table, that you could be a partaker of this abundant life. That you would be a partaker of what God has prepared. You would be a partaker of Of the joy that comes through all creation, as Paul said in Romans. That the creation waits. It groans for the revelation of the children of God. If you want this life, would you put up your hand? And I will pray with you. This abundant life. This life in Christ Jesus. It comes through forgiveness. It comes through forgiveness. The Bible says, That there is no other name given under heaven for which man shall be saved. The name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks for the hands that have been acknowledged in requirement of grace. Lord, we bring them up to you and we pray, Father, for abundant grace. Your word says, for this reason man shall Fear you, O God, for in you there is abundance of forgiveness. There is forgiveness that brings the fear of the Lord into our hearts. God, I pray this forgiveness upon everyone who has lifted up their hands. And this abundant life, O Lord God, 
where the rains come down and the snow from heaven, and it does not return unto there thither, but it attains the purpose for which you send it. Let that abundance come upon them in Jesus' name. And Father, as they step out of this place, knowing that they have been renewed, knowing that the Holy Spirit has applied the cleansing blood of Jesus unto their souls, I pray, O God, that they shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth before them. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Lord, that the whole creation would rejoice this day because there are souls added to the church. Thank you, God. Blessed be your name. As for every one of us who has partaken of this, God, your word says, he who has the Son has life. Therefore, we have life. And life in abundance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Christ's price. And thank you, Father, that we shall carry this life even through this year in Jesus' name. And Lord, when the year ends, we know, O Lord God, that we would have climbed higher. We would have grown stronger. We would have attained greater things through the word that attains and accomplishes for us. Blessed be your name. Therefore, lead us in joy throughout this year, O God. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace of fellowship. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the comforting Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, His goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you leave.